Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Skull Purple Podcast. My name is Tony, a.k.a. Steggy, a.k.a. Steggy Stories, a.k.a. Amongst the Chaos. Um, we'll call it that. Uh, of course, brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Certainly happy to have you back. If you've joined any previous episodes, if you're a first-time listener, make sure you like and subscribe. It certainly helps the channel. Very excited for a fantastic episode. We've got lots to talk about today. We have Peter with us once again. David joining back with us. Fellas, I feel exhausted. We have a lot of news to talk about. A lot's been going on. David, how is sunny California, or shall I say snowy California? What is it? What is it these days? <laughs> it's actually rainy California right now. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're going through a storm right now. So, you know, roads are wet and people in California act like they can't drive when it rains. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the tough part about it. Yeah. David, you're all you're safe and sound with your Thunder Buddy at home. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Thunder Buddies, uh, Peter, how are you doing, sir? You know, I'm doing all right, you know. Tired, I would say, trying to keep track of all these damn moves going around the league. I like that uh, league, the league technically started this afternoon, but it's been three days nonstop due to legal tampering. I mean, why don't they just call a free agency? Come on, guys. We all know what's going on here. So it's a lot to yeah. keep up with. It's been a lot of fun. A little under the weather earlier the week, but I think I'm good to go, ready to knock out this podcast. Yeah, how you feeling Absolutely. now? Absolutely good. Good, good. You know, throat's okay. It was rough the last couple days, but uh, it's good enough, I think. I'll power through it. Okay. Yeah. Pete's been down in some flu game. He's, he's getting started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what it is? You know, Peter's trying to get right so he can start screaming at the TV for all this March madness, right? You know, that's, uh, uh, that's what we got going on. Tomorrow's going to be rough. Tomorrow's going to be rough. <laughs> well, amongst the madness, I'm going to go with uh, topic number one talking about Kirk Cousins working with the Minnesota Vikings to, shall we say, reconfigure his contract uh, for this next upcoming season. So to be clear, he's not being extended. It's not technically a restructure as much as, again, more of a reconfiguration of how the money will be distributed. So essentially, the Vikings are going to be taking some of the salary that he was due to make this year and then converting that into, let's say, a pseudo signing bonus. So it reduces his cap hit by quite a bit. Um, and really, uh, because of that, the Vikings were able to get into a much better cap situation or at least close <laughs> to being cap compliant, which they needed to be uh, by today. So obviously, I mean, it really doesn't impact anything on the field for me. So I don't have any big opinions about it outside of the fact that, you know, Cousins could have been a jerk and I guess not done it uh, because, again, it really doesn't affect his money. If anything, he's getting more of the money up front now. Um, so it works for him, but certainly, uh, was nice of him to be willing to, to do that. Um, just so you know, Vikings, uh, organization, I am also more than willing to take $20 million up front. So, um, if you guys want to do that, you can give me a call. Uh, Peter, how did you feel about the cousins restructure re, you know, kind of configuration? Where are you at Kirk haters? Where are you at? All I hear is this man won't take a restructure. He's selfish. Blah, 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 blah. Bottom line is cleared $16 million in cap for us. We needed to get under the cap. That's a big number for us. 
Who cares? This Wolf's just got to write a check. The Wolf's got no problem. They seem to be all in on this franchise, all in on this team. So it's just another check to Kirk. The contract was guaranteed anyways. So yeah. we got his cap number down from 36 million to 20 million. He's now the ninth highest quarterback hit, which is absolutely fantastic. I would say Kirk's ninth best quarterback in the league. If you want to at that at the worst, he's the ninth best quarterback in the league. So he's right at his number where it needs to be. And let's not to forget Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, two guys that are probably better than him are probably going to get a new contract. So his no, their numbers will go above him here in the coming times. But I guess the Vikings was the guaranteed. He's a full free agent next year. Now a third year tag would have been weird with him because he was tagged twice in Washington. So it would have been kind of a ridiculous number to tag him next year. So Kirk's gone. I'm assuming after the season, unless we really get close and they just keep pumping out one year deals with him. But I think this is it for Kirk. It's the final ride into the sunset with us and we're going all in. Yeah. Yeah. David, what do you think? I mean, it's Kirk Cousins. He wins the offseason, man. I mean, whoever his agents are, they they constantly working and they constantly winning. But just like Pete said, like where the haters at? Everyone's always talking about Kirk don't want to take a pay cut. Oh, Kirk should do this. Kirk should do that. He took a pay cut, cleared off 16 million. I mean, what can you say? That's helping us, you know, reach the cap right now. But I was really interested. I thought it was a restructure because I was hoping that that trade clause would be kind of like written out of it. But since it's just giving, getting him more money up front, then I, you know, beggars can't be choosers, but this might be Kirk Cousins last year. I mean, I will kind of be sad to see him go, but it does open up the door for the Vikings to trade up or find a quarterback in the draft because of this contract situation. So. Yeah. And I mean, to be clear, he didn't actually take a pay cut. He is still making the same amount of money that yeah. he was making before. The only difference is he's just getting it structured differently. So instead of getting basically however many game checks worth X amount of money, he's going to get more money up front, a huge lump sum up front. And then his game checks will be essentially smaller, but he's still going to get the same amount of money. I just want to make sure that's clear because I still don't like Kirk Cousins. So um, anyway, on said, the next uh, point. Uh, <laughs> maybe like three days ago, everyone's like, oh, my God, the Vikings can't win because Kirk Cousins' cap number is so big and they can't do that. But now it's not. And they're like, I don't know. What the, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. It's like, sure. Where's the same energy? Keep that. Same yeah, energy. I guess I'm, I'm just going to put this out there because I know, Pete, you're probably more of a. Kirk fan than myself and I don't it's not that I hate Kirk Cousins I I would not call myself a Kirk stan uh or a Kirk hater uh, I I just try to be realistic um I guess this is what I'd say a uh, first question to to both of you do you think that the Vikings in general since Kirk has been on the Vikings in the in the organization do you think they are a poorly run organization yes no I think I think the last three years of the Zimmer Spielman brigade, brigade, whatever regime was horrendously run. I mean, the teams we put out on the field were pretty pathetic. That defense has not been good since the 2017 divisional round against the Saints. They were pretty bad. Now they say, oh, look at the numbers from 2018. They were so good. It's like their time of possession was towards the bottom of the league. They would never get off the damn field. So Offense wasn't good, and there were some growing pains. We didn't have an offensive coordinator for half the right. season. 
we kind of got forced into DiFilippo. So it's been terribly run. Honestly, the only thing you can complain, if you really want to blame Kirk Cousins for this, if it's not because of him, we don't have a top quarterback. We kind of have like seven, eight, ninth best quarterback where we could have been drafting at the top of those drafts to maybe end up with a Joe Burrow. Because I think that team without Cousins, say they roll with Keenum again, that's a three-win football team we put out there. I mean, 100%. Case Keenum's won two games, I think, since he's left Minnesota, maybe four. Like, th- those were some bad teams. If we had no quarterback play, we don't have J.J., uh, but maybe we have Joe Burrow. Who knows? So that's how I would look at it like that. It's been yeah. a poorly run organization. Kirk has kept a bad team afloat, and we kind of ended up being mediocre. It's kind of like the Cowboys with Romo. Those were awful teams Tony Romo kept afloat by being sure. a good quarterback. Yeah, and I don't disagree with any of that. I think the reason why the reason why I bring that up, and to be clear, I was not one that went on to the keep Keenum train. I, I was excited for cousins. I thought I thought that cousins was the right move um at the time. But this is my issue where I, when I talk about our organization and as it relates to what I'm about to say. So I see Cousins as maybe, let's hope, Matthew Stafford. Because that was he basically was Matthew Stafford, or he is right now. He just is yet to go on a team to win a Super Bowl. Incredible numbers every year. Amazing numbers. When it comes down to it, though, can't get it done when, when you need to. And so, but then he goes to the Rams. They win a Super Bowl. So my knock on... Stafford was always not really his fault. I thought the Lions organization was just terrible. Um, so you kind of can't have it both ways. Either he can't get it done um, when you need to, or he he's in a bad organization. It can't be both. You know, th- those things are kind of mutual. I mean, I guess he, they could they could be both. But I and think if you if you love I Kirk, think you have, I think both. if you I think if you love Kirk, then you have to go. the The organization isn't great. And I think if you think the organization's great and nothing's wrong there, then you can say Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's not great, though. And then what keeps him from being great, and I'll keep saying it, is when we need him the most, he's he's gone. He's like, I love Kevin Garnett. I'm a big basketball guy. One of my biggest knock on Kevin Garnett, when the game's on the line, he passes. It just is what it is. I don't know. He doesn't always hit the game winner, nor does he really even want it. Um, something always happens, right? It's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think that's that extra gear that guys that are really, really special have. And I don't think he has it. Doesn't mean he's bad. You know, he's like Phil Mickelson. He's not Tiger Woods. So, you know, take it for what it is, but we got a lot to talk about fellas. So I'll get off my soapbox next topic, (laughs) free agent signings, right? We had a few free agent signings with the Vikings. Obviously, some that uh, I feel like we'll have some strong opinions about (laughs) and maybe some that uh, we might disagree on. But I think mostly we will agree on these. Uh, First signing we have on the docket to talk about today is going to be the Josh Oliver signing. Uh, Tight end uh, gets three years, $21 million. Looking at the structure, I don't have it in front of me. It does look fairly team friendly when you look at the structure. I believe he's only due, I think, ten million guaranteed. I believe. Um, sounds like Josh was a bit more of a blocking tight end. 
uh, coming over from the Ravens. Obviously, you know, in that offense with Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews really being the dynamic pass catching tight end. However, I certainly have uh, spoke to a few people that were aware of Josh Oliver coming out of college. And uh, they told me that this guy's got some catching ability too. He's got, he's, he's good size. Um, he ran a great 40, uh, the combine coming out of, out of college. Uh, so we'll see what they want to do with him. Sounds like this is going to put us in a position to run a lot more 12 personnel. So I'm cautiously optimistic with the signing. I will admit I was a little bit of a head scratcher for me at the beginning uh, until I dug in a little more and, and still, I, you know, maybe I'm just having the rose colored glasses here, but David, I'll throw it over to you first. Uh, how did you feel about it? How do you feel about it? I mean, it's just a backup tight end blocking tight end. I mean, nothing too fancy about it. Um, KLC got a lot of, you know, shit for not running the ball in certain situations. So now you got to run in, you know, a blocking tight end that can help out with that. Maybe he can help out, you know, you know, pass blocking also, but I'm just, I'm not overly excited about it. I'm not down about it. I'm not saying it's a, it's, it's a bad signing. It's you need it. You need it. So yeah, it is what it is. It did make me laugh a little bit when we, when obviously the news broke that we signed Oliver and they said that they're like, he is one of the best, if not the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. It made me think of when we drafted Laquan Treadwell and everybody said he is the best run blocking wide receiver. And I went, I don't really care uh, how great his run blocking skills are. He's a wide receiver. Can the guy get open? Yeah, no, he ran a four six five, David. Uh, no, he could not get open in the NFL. But uh, anyway, Peter, how did you uh, how did you receive the Josh Oliver signing? I mean, I laughed. It's like, of course, like Kwesi's been on the hot seat. It feels like with the fan base, um, just like what is he gonna do? What are the moves you're gonna make? And our first big signing is a backup tight end that really doesn't do anything. Um, I guess he came back from an injury. Some people said it's an amazing story that he's getting these money or whatever. We definitely overpaid for this, especially with the contract we're about to pay Hawkinson. We're going to be paying two tight ends north of $20 million, probably closer to 25 per year, which is really scary. That's a huge number to be paying your tight ends. But I've come down a little bit. The ca- contract is team-friendly. 10.7 guaranteed, pretty much eight up front at signing. But we do have an out after the season. So it's a one-year tryout with no dead cap this yeah. year after this year. So we can basically cut them next year for free. Yeah. Um, so I like that. It's just another $3 million eventually somewhere, but it doesn't hurt the cap. Um, I looked at it this way. He's a great blocking tight end. The Rams KOC kind of offense relies heavily on slip tight ends that can block. Johnny Munt wasn't making any kind of crazy passes. It's a five-yard dump he's catching. The guy's <laughs> six seven. I hope he can catch a five-yard dump, show some athleticism, get downfield. He's probably not going to be able to hide from people like Munt did because he's going to stand out at six seven. You're not sneaking yeah. away from anybody at that size. But maybe that loosens up the coverage there. If somebody's you know eyeballing the dump off tight end, then somebody else isn't getting double teamed. So we'll see. Could be worse, could be better, but we've made some better moves after this, so I'm not going to fret about this one. Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. And again, it's it's really with this kind of a signing, it's a wait and see. We'll see how they utilize him. We'll see how he's, you know, added to the offense. What what kind of, you know, what kind of uh, 
expectations that they have for him, uh, whether, again, that's going to be primarily blocking, which I'm sure it will be, or are we going to try to sneak him out there every once in a while? It'll be it'll be fun to see. Uh, the next signing we had was defensive end Marcus Davenport. Uh, this was a one-year deal for $13 million. Uh, I'll give my thoughts, opinions here last. Uh, Peter, I'm going to pitch it over to you first. Okay. Um, it's expensive again, but D-linemen are making the bucks these days. That's what everyone's kind of realized. You got to go get after quarterbacks that do freakish things. Um, it's kind of funny. Davenport getting killed. He only had half a sack last year. Of course, that <laughs> half a sack was against the Vikings. Of course it was in London there, but he's 14th in the, uh, in pass and QB hurries last year, or QB pressures, uh, and 17th in the other one. So he's one of the top end guys that just pressure in the QB hurry in the QB doesn't necessarily get the sacks, but if we can get that interior pressure, kind of he's more of going to play the outside i think zadarius smith role is what he's going to fill there stun him inside maybe he's a third down tackle you know bringing the interior pass rush so it's a good signing it's a lot of money it's only a one-year deal one-year deals i'm never going to freak out about a one-year deal because if it doesn't work we're on to the next so i think it's a good move we need more pass rushing um at least qb pressure i mean just make things uncomfortable for quarterbacks yeah david I was just waiting for Peter to say that's um that's crazy playing the stock market game, you know, buying low. But um <laughs> he's been a bust. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> you know, he's been a bust. Um, I'm kind of interested to see how they're gonna fit him in, considering that Zadarius Smith is still on the team and Daniel is still on the team. Like, we don't know what's gonna happen with that. I just don't know. It's just like Peter said, it's just a it's just a one-year deal, and he hasn't really been that productive, in my opinion with the saints. So it's kind of like, is this another backup role? Is, is, are you trying to bring him into this defense and mold him and try to give him, you know, the tools that Flores can and, and get him going. But I, I really don't know. I don't, I don't see this guy being on the team next year. I really don't. They're going to draft. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. I mean, both of you guys, I mean, have basically the points are right. Spot on, right. It's, it's a one year prove it deal. Uh, essentially to David's point, he's been, for all intents and purposes, a bust. I mean, he was a first-round draft pick that the they, Saints they traded two They picks. traded up to get him. Yeah, yeah. they traded up two to first, get him. Two yeah. firsts to get him. Yeah. Right, they traded two so, firsts to get him. And, right. I think it's that one of those things sense. where it's it's a guy where we're trying to see if there's an upside there. You know, clearly that there's talent. There's talent that's there that wasn't there in college. Can we get, can Flores essentially get something more out of him than uh, than the Saints were able to, or at least what they at least were able to get out of them last year. So we'll see what happens. It's a high risk, high reward play, and at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, it's only a one year deal. You know, you move on at the end of the season. This is so just I'm, like feels like Blacklock all over again. That's just to me. That's how it feels. It's just another yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll probably be a bit more of a rotational guy. And like you said, with Zedarius still on the team, what does that mean? I think we're going to try to trade Zedarius, but we'll see uh, We'll see what happens. All right, last one, and arguably the most impressive, uh, was the free agent signing of corner or cornerback Byron Murphy from Arizona. Two-year deal worth $22 million. Um uh, you know, I'll give a little nugget here. I don't have a ton to add, and then I'll let you guys talk. 
I was obviously in favor of this, this signing. We need cornerback help. We'll talk about one of our corners departing here in the next uh, segment or two. But, you know, we needed a corner, uh, at least one. And it's good to get a guy that's got league experience, was a guy that I think most felt was a, a good, coveted free agent uh, out on the market this year. And uh, I would say most felt he would go for more than what we were able to sign him at. So uh, happy to see the Vikings playing uh, not just fast and loose with money, because certainly we're in a tight cap situation, but able to sign a guy that uh, probably could have demanded a little more somewhere else. So I think that might speak to the health of the organization uh, as well. So good, good for that. Um, but yeah, very happy with that signing. I think it's great. Um, certainly put a smile on my face. Uh, David, I'll pitch it over to you first. It's a cool signing. I'm just curious to see where he lines up because he plays the inside and the outside. And for the money that, that they're paid him, that you don't pay that for a slot corner. So I hope he plays the outside and, you know, with yeah. Andrew Booth and, you know, Caleb Evans and, all, you know, the other, the other, the other guys on, on the team that, you know, play cornerback. He's, he's a starter right now. It's just weird to say that he sent Patrick Peterson away with the Cardinals. And then he sent Patrick Peterson away with the Vikings. <laughs> that's just kind of, that's just kind of weird. It's just, it's just hilarious to me, but we're going to see the Vikings. Yeah. The corner, a, a true starter that knows what to do, but I'm just really, I really want to see if he's going to play the outside or the inside, because then it's going to determine how that contract should, should have been going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Peter, what what did you think about the Byron Murphy signing? Okay. So the contract number is great. Honestly, he was the number two available corner. I think consensus wise um, before the sleigh was cut, Bradbury would have been the number one. And Bradbury got a much bigger deal. I mean, three years, $38 million for Bradbury to re-sign in Philly. And we're looking at two years, $22 million for the second corner, essentially. I think he was like the 25th overall free agent, according to NFL.com. So it was a good signing. It was cheap. A lot, lots of jokes. You know, he doesn't have to pay for his meals anymore, so he can take a little <laughs> less to come to Minnesota. Um it's kind of weird. He is the vet guy. He's 25 years old. He's now the vet, the vet presence we've been looking for. Um, he's going to play the outside. We have a bunch of young kids that are broken, so they got to get healthy and they got to figure out he's going to be our number one corner next year. I don't see, unless we draft a corner that really proves it in camp, I still think he's the number one corner. Um, you know, from Washington, I hit up my Washington guys. He's great. Apparently a great character guy, which is nice to have in the locker room. He's a really great human being. They said, um, had some big games. Two of Cooper cups, worst games were against him. When he was going crazy two years ago against Murphy lockdown, he shut down DK Metcalf this year. Um, so he's done a pretty good job against number one receivers. Now, what's the defense going to look like? I trust, you know, that we're going to put him in the right spot to make the plays. He had the game winning touchdown against Oakland or he forced that fumble or Ve Oakland Vegas. Geez, sounding like an old man now. But so he's a, <laughs> he makes he makes plays, which is what you want to see. He wasn't graded very high on PFF. But PFF's all over the place on who's good and who's bad. So I take that with a grain of salt. Um, interesting to see now what we do in the draft because I had us pegged for a long time taking a corner in the first round, and I think that's a lot less likely now um, with Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is going to uh, really – it will be really interesting to see how these free agent signings, maybe outside of Oliver, is going to impact how we draft. 
because as you mentioned, I, and especially in the early rounds, I really felt like corner was going to be probably priority number one. And, you know, they always like to say, we don't draft for need. You always blah, 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 blah. You know, at the end of the day, if you're not at some point drafting for need, you're, you're not, you're not doing, doing your job in my opinion um like you know if you've got if you've got uh you know a hall of fame quarterback and running back i'm pretty sure we don't need one of those right um but uh yeah it'll be interesting to see how it impacts the the young players they bring in and certainly it's going to be interesting to see if they stay at 23 whether that be going up or down i think in my opinion it might push them just to my if I'm looking in my crystal ball here, it might push us to maybe trade back uh, to accumulate more picks. Uh, but again, it's all going to depend on who's there, who's our trade partner, etc. If we acquire more picks, we don't like to acquire picks trading back. We just like to give them for free. <laughs> you know what, Peter? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Next topic at hand. Obviously, we did have some Vikings that were re-signed as well. Uh, having some familiar faces back in purple uh, next year. I'll just kind of run through the list here. Obviously, if you don't have any strong opinions, we'll just kind of move through these as we go. Some were some bigger names than others, but we'll just start at the top. Uh, Obviously, getting Garrett Bradbury back. um, You know, my personal opinion is I'm happy to have him back. He looked like a much improved uh, player last year. Uh, certainly was one of the better offensive linemen outside of our tackles in the interior. Um, it was, let's put it this way. It was very noticeable at towards the end of the year when he was injured and out, let's put it that way. Um, and so that told me like, oh boy, like this guy, uh, you know, we either need to bring him back or we need to find a replacement because whatever we have right now, uh, without him wasn't, wasn't looking too good. Um, I know he was injured again towards the end of the year. Um, I think that playoff game, he was maybe, maybe not going to play. I think he did. And it just, you know, again, he's, I think in a, if it's not a playoff game, he probably sits again. Um, Cause he was pretty banged up. Um, so I'm not going to hold his feet to the fire too much for that. Um, obviously not a super small cap uh, or uh, uh, not cap, but uh super small um, contract uh, that we, we gave, Bradbury, I don't know if that was exactly what you'd call team friendly or a hometown discount, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm still for it. You know, this year it feels tight. Next year, the cap is going to be a lot in a lot better shape for us. So I'm fine with it. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, Peter, why don't we start with you? We we need a center. I mean, it was a nice surprise. Bradbury was like, oh, my God, like Bradbury is not a liability anymore. Like it was yeah. very pleasant. But uh, we gave him a lot of money for the last action we saw. He got punked all afternoon by Dexter Lawrence, all game, up and down the field. Probably lost us that playoff game from the offensive side of the ball because he couldn't stop a nosebleed, and it was bad. So it's a lot of money for a guy who was really bad in his last appearance. Like you said, was maybe he rushed back a little bit. We don't know. It's just there's – there were some other centers out there that we probably could have gave comparable money to that are about the same, if not better than Bradbury. So woohoo, we'll see if he keeps trending up like he did last year under the new staff. I'm all for it because that was a very nice improvement. Got to stay healthy. He's an undersized center. 
Keep feeding that man cheeseburgers. Keep getting his ass in the gym. <laughs> yeah, he needs those cheesy gordita crunches. You know what I mean? Yeah. David, how you feeling about the Bradbury resigning? I mean, I'm cool with it. I think the best it helps the offensive lineup because the best thing for offensive line is continuity. You know, you kind of know what the guys are doing on the side of you. You kind of you know know their 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 tendencies and everything like that. So it's cool, but I just don't like the fact that he balled out this year because it was a contract year. And then the playoffs, he kind of got, you know, got pushed around a little bit. That's that's a question mark you got to look at because a lot of players do that to where they have that added advantage to try to be really, really good, you know, in, in a contract year just to get that contract. So I'm just, I just want to see how he starts these first couple of games when he comes back. And if he starts getting pushed around again, we, we have a problem. We are going to have a problem because – Hey, we already know he's a he's an underslide center, and some of the, the you know the pass rushers guys like he he can't counter it. So yeah, let's see what happens. Sure. Well, the next re-signing, I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna probably not have a real strong opinion about, and I would be surprised <laughs> if you do as well. Um, <laughs> is our long snapper uh, Andrew D. Paulo? Uh, we re-signed. Um, obviously, you know, I like the continuity. I'm yeah. not going to go and, you know, start texting all my buddies about the long snapper that we resigned. Uh, <laughs> but certainly he doesn't look like a liability. Sounds like he's definitely getting paid like someone who isn't a liability. So there's that, um, which, you know, these contracts aren't massive. Uh, it's just might be massive for the position that he plays. So, uh, David, any strong opinions about the long snapper resigning? <sighs> It's it's the continuity. Is that's just what it is? Like, I mean, he's a long snapper. He's a specialist. I, yeah. I really, I know that the next guy probably on there is probably Greg Joseph. I'm probably skipping ahead, but it's good for Greg <laughs> Joseph. He has a guy who, where he knows, you know, where the laces are going to be at all the time. So it's a long yeah. snapper. Laces out, Andrew. <laughs> Pete, how you feeling? Only only Quasi can give the largest contract to a long snapper in NFL history. Like that was ridiculous. He's 35 years old too. He ain't some spring chicken. Who's going to be around for the next decade plus for us. So whatever it's our, whatever our special teams continuity, we need it because it's been a disaster. You know, we have new snappers, new holders, kickers can't make extra points. So anything to keep poor G money, like comfortable, I'm all for. If we need to give him a back rub, if DePaula, you know, rubs his feet on the sideline, maybe earn a little bit of that four million dollars or so we owe him. I'm all for that, but yeah, it is what it is at this point. He does. I don't know if you knew that uh, DePaulo actually does rub his feet on the sideline. He uses the good lotion too from Bath and uh, Bed Bath and uh Beyond or Bath and Body know. Works. Bath and, Bath and Body, Works. Body Works. Oh yeah, it's the scented. See, it goes to show much I know. My wife. She doesn't get that good treatment like Greg Joseph. <laughs> well, if you got $4 million, you would be giving it to her. Oh, I would. The foot rubs. I would. I, I, yeah, I'd be giving foot rubs all the time. Uh, next, speaking of foot rubs, we've got Alexander Madison uh, was a late addition to the list here. Um, as we started recording, has re-signed with the Vikings, certainly that's going to come with some implications about the other running back 
in the room or one of the other running backs in the room, that person being named Dalvin Cook. Certainly we don't have any news there yet, uh, but I do personally, fellas, uh, I think this does spark the potential trade, I would imagine, uh, hopefully soon, for um, for Dalvin Cook. I can't see Madison... A, number one, I can't see Madison wanting to come back to the Vikings to be in some secondary role. I think Madison knows that he's earned the right to be a more featured back. Uh, you know, what? no matter what you think about where he is and his abilities, uh, he is at the stage of his career where he would have interest from teams that would want to show him off in that manner or use him in that manner. So he, I, it's my opinion that he is coming back to the Vikings knowing or at least having a pretty darn good inkling that he is going to be a more featured back in this offense. So uh, that's where I'm at. I'm certainly all for it with the caveat that let's see what they do with Cook. So, David, where are you at with uh, Madison coming back to the Vikings? I mean, like I said in the group chat, like I wanted him to come back pretty bad, and I'm glad to see him back. Um, I like the way he runs. I mean, he has better hands than Dalvin, but – I don't think this means Dalvin is gone, though. I just I got this weird feeling that Dalvin is probably still on this team as some kind of weapon or whatever. But I think Alexander Madison coming back to the Vikings is actually a smart move for him because look at what the running backs are getting in the open market. Saquon got franchised and he's only getting $10 million. So running backs aren't breaking the bank anymore. So you might as well sign back with a team that you're familiar with and see what's going to happen there. Cook will probably be gone, not this year, but next year. Then Madison can kind of step into that role. But then, you know, he'll be on the second year of his his deal, and he's still not going to command a large contract. So it's kind of smart for him to stick stick where he's at, make make more money than what he was making before, and play in the same system because – Running backs are not breaking the breaking the bank anymore. This isn't this isn't you know Adrian Peterson or Marshawn Lynch and those guys or CJ Spiller, those guys who were breaking the bank. And sad to say, the running back cat class is just it's tough right now. Only people who's making money is like receivers, defensive linemen, and especially quarterbacks. But running backs, they take a bruise and they're not making a lot. Yeah, Pete, how you feeling about Madison back in purple? So I'm like 50, 50 on Madison, like watching him run last year. It felt like he like totally threw off the tempo of the offense when he would come in for some drives. And now that could just be a factor if he wasn't getting the touches needed, you know, running backs got to get touches to get into a rhythm to run the football. And he wouldn't, and it felt like the drives he would be in, he would be bad. Now, obviously he runs through tackles. Unlike Dalvin, Dalvin goes down way too quick. Um, Madison's got to work on his, I feel like finding the hole. Sometimes he'll run straight into a guy instead of hitting that cutback, and he's like, he's out the gate. Um, the money tells me we're probably moving on from Dalvin. Dalvin getting rid of him. I shouldn't say getting rid of Trading or moving on from him saves about $7 million, and that's about what you're paying Madison. So you become a net neutral there on your running back front. You've shed a lot of cap overall. Um, I think Madison could have gotten probably a better deal he a lot of teams were interested in him being a starting back. I think teams were upset that Saquon and Josh Jacobs got franchise tag, David. I think teams wanted yeah. to spend money on those two. They wanted to be- break the bank for those two guys, but they're not available. 
and everybody else is a significant tier below that. Right. I don't see how Madison comes back without getting a guarantee he's going to be the feature back. I also think they really, really like the backups that we have, you know, Kane, if it be Kane in the passing game, or if they want to give Chandler a featured spot, I think they really like Chandler too. So I think you trade Dalvin. Miami's got, you know, they, it feels like Miami wants him. It's a hometown kid. Now maybe Buffalo wants him also, get a cook-cook backfield. Um, I think you can get value for him. Get a third-round pick. I'd be ecstatic. We need draft picks. Need, need draft picks to start and build this roster back up because they pretty much gutted most of that defense so far. Um, so I'm okay with it. If Madison's a starting back, our offense doesn't use running backs. Like, let's just be simple. Like, we don't run the football. And if we do, it's just to keep people honest. This is a passing offense. Shit, I'd be more comfortable sometimes going five wide. Just screw it. Let everybody know we're throwing the ball. Cover. Cover us. Find five. We got five guys. One of them could be Hawk. So four wide and Hawk. Cover us. So I'm I'm okay with that sometimes. Yeah. I, you know, it it's okay. It's It's a neutral move for me. I think they are going to run the ball a little bit more this year. I mean, C.J. Ham is still on the roster. You know, Oliver is a blocking tight end. You, you know, you you, you get rid of Thielen where you cut him, release him, and you know, KLC got a lot of got a lot of gripe for not running the ball in certain situations. And I think they're going to run the ball now. I think CJ is going into that passing game. We saw him of that last week against Chicago. Passing weapon. He caught about 30 passes that game. I thought we were going to see that against the Giants. I really did. Just like to really put a wrinkle in the Giants defense. I thought we we're going to go right back to like just throw a bunch of passes to Ham. They wouldn't know what to do with it. So CJ's going to the passing game. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, David, you hit it on the head last time. It's going to be the comeback of Jimmy Klein saucer, baby. Jimmy Klein saucer, yeah. That's I mean, that's what I that's all what I thought he, he would have turned into, you know. I don't yeah. even think you need, needed Oliver if you can just put CJ out there to block. The old bowling ball, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, next guy on the list is Greg the Leg Joseph. Um, gets re-signed. Look, at the end of the day, we talked about this in the group chat. I would have liked to see the Vikings sign Matt Gay. However, he got a pretty sizable contract that I would have wouldn't have wanted us to absorb anyway. So, look, is Joseph terrible? No, he just needs to be more consistent with the extra points. Like, dude, I don't know what it's gonna take. Just get the extra points figured out, and then it'll be fine. I don't need a guy like we don't need Vinatieri back there. I just, I just don't want to feel scared every time we score a touchdown because it's so deflating. <laughs> Like you get all that momentum from a touchdown and then there's something about like missing an extra point where everybody's kind of like, eh, you know, like you lose a little bit of that steam and it, it matters, you know, momentum really matters in the NFL, especially as it swings during just one NFL game. So, um, you know, Greg, just get it together. As I mentioned, DePaulo, you got the big money. You got the Bath and Body Works money. Go get that oil. Go get the lotion. Start rubbing them feet. Uh, let's make it happen. Um, David, how you feeling about Greg the Leg back in uh, in purple? <laughs> I really wanted the Vikings to go out and sign somebody different or get somebody in the draft. I mean, special team coaches constantly like putting this guy on the pedestal, and he's not consistently giving us results. Just like you said, you got the the offense to go down there and score a touchdown, and he misses the extra point. Like you can't do that. 
you can't not do that. Like you're taking points yeah. off the board and it's just, it's, he's too inconsistent. And um, I just feel like at that point, it's like draft a guy or sign a guy who's going to make these kicks. And I can't even get, Oh, he made a 63 yarder. Okay. That's fine. But he still is missing extra points. Like, do your job. I'm not trying to be Mike Zimmer and <laughs> kickers kick, and that's all I supposed to do, but do your job, man. I just really wanted the Vikings to go in a different direction with this. Yeah. Peter, how much are you excited about getting a new Greg Joseph jersey this offseason? You know, I was uh, I was like you, Tony. I was pretty gay for gay uh, oh, yeah. this offseason. <laughs> I was going to... You know, I wanted a guy who has missed one extra point in his career because, like you said, those points add up, especially when our defense is trash. Like, maybe they'll be better this year. The defense is terrible. When you leave points off the board, it's so deflating. Now, I will give G-Money this. He made every single game-winning kick, every single field goal late, which is opposite of what he had done previously under Zim. So, yeah. It, it worked out for us in the end. Now we wouldn't have been in some of those situations if you just made the damn extra point. Uh, maybe we just go for two every time because we got a pretty good two point game going, especially if we practice it. But I get it. Just get more consistent with the extra points. Get that number. You missed two extra points on the season. I'm happy. Make all your kicks from inside of 55, and then we can work from there. You know, if you make every kick 55 <laughs> indoors inside maybe 53 outdoors it depends just make the makeable kicks that's all i care about i want us to we need a young kicker eventually now it's hard to find a guy who's a consistent kicker we see teams when their kickers get hurt nobody can find a kicker so there's clearly not 32 guys that can consistently make extra points and make field goals which is kind of crazy to think about and maybe they all play in europe and play soccer those are the only guys we're missing here so Eventually, we have to get a new kicker. Maybe you sign a guy this offseason. We saw what Ryan Wright turned into. Now, he wasn't the best punter, but he's the best punter we've had in a long time. Um, yeah. So that worked for us. We could have got the old the guy from Tennessee who broke the record that nobody talks about. Was an undraft. They hype. I know we just hype up Ryan Wright signing. He's like, well, the best punter was an undrafted free agent signed <laughs> by Tennessee. So it's slower roll there. But yeah, we got to do something in the kicking game. Love that we have a young punter. Let's get a young kicker now, but G money, just make your kicks and we'll be okay. We'll be all right. Yeah. Well, the last guy coming on back here uh, is backup quarterback, Nick Mullins. Hey everybody, just a small break in the action. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about DraftKings. Are you ready for the underdogs, the upsets and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during rounds one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Uh, Maybe you're looking at a couple games this weekend. For instance, I'm kind of liking a couple of upsets, maybe Boise State over Northwestern or even Utah State over Missouri are a couple that I'm personally eyeing. But again, totally up to you. You can make those no sweat bets. And again, maybe get some bets back up to $10. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. Again, that is code TPPN. 
PPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see our show notes for details. All right, let's get back to the action. Um, I'll throw out my two cents and let you guys hash this out. I don't have a lot to say. Really, uh, I'm happy with the signing. Are there better backups out there? Sure. Are there worse backups out there? A thousand percent. Mullins is a guy that has starting experience. Uh, now he's got another year in under his belt in the system with this playbook. So certainly think you could do a lot worse than Nick Mullins. I'm happy with it. I'm fine with it. Um, David, how did you feel about Mullins? I'm happy with it too. I mean, yeah. he's a backup. He's a career backup. I mean, this guy can probably go in there and maybe win a game for you if he has to. I mean, that's what you want in your backup quarterback. And I just really got to give it to to, to uh, KLC and Quazy by, you know, getting rid of the other backup quarterbacks had last year. You know, look how these guys are panning out. They're not even on teams. So, oh yeah. Sean Mannion was like the worst backup I think I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. I was, was like watching it was like who's back there? Kyle Rudolph? I mean, if the guy had cinder blocks for feet. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it makes sense. Start, you know? We wouldn't start Mond against Green Bay because you know, let's start, let's start Sean Mannion. But I'm yeah. okay with Nick Mullins. I would like a young quarterback to be the backup, but if we're gonna carry three quarterbacks, we carry three quarterbacks. If Cousins is old and Bradbury on the off chance does get cousins killed. Nick Mullins can step in and win us the game. game. Like Nick Mullins can finish the game. Nick Mullins can win us a game. We saw him beat Chicago. Now Chicago is terrible, but he came in and carved up Chicago. So Nick Mullins has as many passing yards as all these great young QBs. It's actually kind of crazy. If you look at his stats, he absolutely tore it up in San Francisco. It's just, if the team around him is good, he's going to be great. Like he's about as good. He's a high, high end backup. I think doesn't get enough credit. So if Cousins does get killed, he does start breaking down. Nick Mullins can come in and win his games. And if not, Nick Mullins is, you know, whatever. And if we do get that young quarterback in the fifth, sixth round that really is a project, good guy to have in the room. He's a veteran at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we did have a few Vikings leave in free agency. Uh, A couple of guys that obviously will run through here had left, departed, that uh, I think we may have felt that, you know, could potentially get re-signed or, you know, or not, uh, depending on various different reasons. But the two big names, obviously, we've got Patrick Peterson leaving to go to the Steelers. Uh, I am totally fine with obviously him leaving. I, I wasn't one that was like clamoring to get Patrick Peterson back in the building. Would I have been fine with getting him back in the building? Sure. But I felt as if he added more value as a mentor and as a almost player coach than I did what he actually brought on the field. So for me, it really just came down to price. So with him wanting to move on and go to, to Pittsburgh, I'm fine with that. Certainly at the heels of that, we we signed Murphy, so that makes that sting a little less. Certainly we're getting younger there and a guy that probably is at a better spot in his career, certainly, uh, than, than Peterson. So certainly sad to see him go from a personality standpoint. I thought he was a great fit for the organization. Seemed like a great guy. It sounds as if he also really enjoyed his time 
as a Minnesota Viking. So uh, certainly thank you to uh, Patrick Peterson for your service, but um, I'm okay with us moving on. Uh, David, I'll, I'll let you kind of start off. How did you feel about Patrick Peterson leaving? I mean, I understand it. He was a little long in the tooth, and he's kind of limited in his ability right now with his age, and he kind of lost a step. But I'm happy he's not, you know, out the league. He has another job, and it's probably another mentor role in 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 Pittsburgh. And I thank him for trying to come in here and trying to help fix this defense and mentor the the young cornerback room. So it's, it's cool. He's a good guy. It's cool sure. to see him go somewhere, you know? Yep. Uh, Peter, have you written – how many letters of hate mail have you written to Patrick Peterson? <laughs> no, honestly, it was surprising when we first signed him. You know, Vikings never signed guys like that. So, yeah. you know, future Hall of Famer probably just kind of a big name. Obviously – Got kind of revitalized last season. One of the few people in the worst defense ever who find his, found his stride, kind of fit better. He doesn't have the speed anymore, but it was good. It sounded like we wanted to bring him back. Pittsburgh gave him a pretty nice contract, probably. They need a lot of corner help, so he's probably going to be filling in, honestly, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he had nothing but positive. I don't have a problem with anybody who was like, it's a mutual breakup. Nobody, it ran its course. Everyone's happy. Right. He didn't bash anything that happened, said it was a great time. That's good for other people in the league to hear that like, okay, if this guy who's like the gold standard of what it is says this is a well-run organization, I'm okay with going to an organization like that. So that's all you can ask for um, is have those kind of guys, have those kind of experiences and just get the word out there. You know, sometimes we get lost in Minnesota and, you know, it's kind of, a little out there, a little north. It's a little cold. It's a little different. Sometimes you just get lost, and sometimes you need those different kind of guys to come in and be like, hey, check it out. It seemed to work, you know. We did just yeah. land a kind of nice corner prospect, you know. Yeah. So nothing but positive things for Pat P. But way too expensive to bring him back. Good for him to get another payday. We are a little weird here in Minnesota. I'll tell you that. It gets, it gets it's just a little different. weird. It's just yeah. different. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not better. It's just different, baby. It's not Green Bay. <laughs> Come on. Come well, it's, it's not definitely Green not Green Bay. For the love of, yeah, no. Terrible Green Bay. Uh, second guy that we're going to talk about, and really the only other big-name departure, um, is Dalvin Tomlinson. Obviously, he goes, gets signed by the Browns. Uh, I know, Peter, you have some strong opinions, so I'm just going to really just tee this up for you. Um, I'm fine with Tomlinson leaving. I would have been fine with us bringing him back at a reasonable number, but boy, oh boy, uh, he did not get what I would consider a reasonable number from uh, from the Browns. And and by that, I just mean for what I would have wanted us to spend. Uh, for Dalvin Tomlinson, it certainly is more than reasonable. Um, don't blame the guy for taking the money uh, and the contract because, again, uh, it was a little rich for my blood, but Peter, what were your thoughts? Uh, so it made it sound like that we were working towards maybe getting a new deal with Dalvin because we pushed the cut date to, you know, March 15th, kind of try and work this thing out. And then I started hearing reports, you know, Monday that we were not close on the number. And so it was not going to happen. And then I saw the number he got from Cleveland. Like, wow, definitely not worth that money. This is now two paydays he's got in free agency. I, you know, I, I hate to bash people for getting paid, but 
he's a guy that kind of goes around now. It seems like to Joe go just cash out. He cashed out when he came <laughs> here. He got a fat contract from us that was way over the market value, kind of an investment contract. We thought he would be like Linval Joseph 2.0, you know, same kind of deal. He was giants, both giants guys, free agent contract. We bring them in and then they hit their prime and we pay we kind of overpay for a guy that produces a number and he kind of pandered out. He's nowhere near the worst on. He was productive when he played, obviously had the calf injury this past season. Um, doesn't never felt like a right fit for us as a whole. Was a good player, obviously. You could see that it was no Michael Pierce debacle, but you know, he's cashing out in Cleveland. Have fun. They're going to be a bad football team, but he's going to be sleeping on, you know, silk sheets. So good for him. <laughs> yeah. David, how did you <laughs> feel about Tomlinson leaving? I don't like the cap hit. That's the only thing I'm mad about right now. Like yeah. him leaving is cool, but the cap hit that the Vikings are stuck with, I'm not cool with that. So yeah, that's, that's all. It I'm definitely stinks about. for this year. Yeah, yeah, it stinks. It's like you're paying a guy that's not going to play for you, and it's not like it's a, it's it's a small amount of money. It's so. seven and a half, I think. I think. It's yeah, seven. I mean, Anthony Barr last year was nine. So, yeah, well, that's you know that's the Spielman era still leaking still into what we know. We're kicking that can down the you know down the road over and over again. Eventually, the yeah. bill comes due, and yep. uh, we're seeing some of that now. All right, well, the last little bit of today's podcast, getting through, obviously, all of the Vikings news that we have. Uh, I have some news and notes around the league. Obviously, you know, not everybody just cares about just the Vikings. <laughs> so took some uh, some of the top headlines from uh, really the weekend into the week and, uh, you know, talk about some of these free agent signings or even, uh, you know, some of the other movements uh, maybe releases around the league. Uh, just kind of stop starting at the top here. We have uh, Jimmy G. So good old Jimmy G uh, going and signing with the Raiders. So going from San Fran to Las Vegas, I feel like Jimmy G is just a good fit for the Raiders. Like he looks like a Las Vegas kind of guy, doesn't he? Like he looks like a guy that's going to be walking down the strip. You know, he's got a couple ladies on his arms. Uh, <laughs> you know, that probably are in some interesting lines of business, if you will. Uh, you know, J Jimmy G's a character. I think he's going to do well in Oakland. Certainly he is a, um, you know, he's a placeholder until they can get somebody young, new, fresh in Oakland and, and I, or not Oakland in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. Right there. They used to be Oakland. Um, but really, you know, he's going to be there to fill the gap until they can kind of start over. I mean, in my opinion, uh, of course, they're going to look to be competitive enough to, you know, still put seats and butts, uh, seats and butts, butts and seats. Yeah, not seats and butts. Uh, that's what we talked about with Jimmy G. But uh, I think more or less um, he is just there as uh, as a, you know, a placeholder for them until they get somebody new. The other aspect is that it is Vegas. So it's a transient type of city. I have a feeling that most of the fans that go to those games are probably not. Raiders fans, you know, it's a lot of fans that are coming from, I mean, cause like if you're a Vikings fan, who wouldn't want to go out to Vegas for a week and cap it off with a Vikings game in Vegas. Right. Um, I, I see a lot of their home games that way. So they probably don't have to worry quite as much about being like competitive year in and year out as far as like revenue. Um, 
but you know, it's a fine signing. I'm certainly fine with it. I don't hate it uh, for any of the parties involved for Vegas or Jimmy G. Um, Peter, how do you feel about it? Do you have any strong opinions? I mean, he's Jimmy GQ, baby. Of course, he's going to be rocking down the street. <laughs> uh, he fits Vegas fine. Honestly, Vegas feels like they do a pretty decent job with their home crowd. It's not like the Chargers or it's everybody from out of town. So little fan, you know, a decent sized fan base oh, there. It's not the decent. longest driving. Decent. Decent man. Decent okay. It's not like Oakland. Also, Come on, David. No, yeah. Right, you guys I'm, I'm on the West Coast, so. But it's an easy <laughs> drive, though. Them LA fans. All the Raider fans are in LA, so they're heading out yeah, to Vegas. Yeah. Raider um, fans travel. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a decent fit. Obviously, been in the McDaniel's offense before. Played in New, started in New England. Like, yeah, it's the fit. This now gets very interesting. I might have to stir the pot here a little bit. That seventh pick is now wide open for somebody to go up and get a quarterback. I think that's the – I have a sinking feeling that that might be the move the Vikings are planning on making to move up to seven and go draft Will Levis out of Kentucky. That just – it feels like it's trending in that direction. The Raiders don't need a quarterback now. I don't see them taking a quarterback. Jimmy G got a three-year deal. Jimmy G's made a lot of money. Feels like he underperforms a lot. But the man only wins games. He just wins. He's true. Al Davis would be very happy because it's just win, baby. And that's all Jimmy D does. He plays terrible. He looks terrible. But he finds ways to win football games. So it's make it or break it for Josh McDaniels. I think he's on very thin ice. And that's why he went and got Jimmy G. Because he knows he's got to win now. And he can't draft a young guy and kind of hope it works out. He's got a, He got rid of all his real estate last year with the debacle of what they were, blew all those leads, sh- you know, really did Derek Carr wrong by the way they ended that thing. So I think he's on thin ice. Jimmy G, maybe he can save Vegas. I think Jimmy G kind of flames out, honestly, and the Raiders yeah. are a dumpster fire again. Yeah, we forget how good the 49ers roster is. You know, um, I mean, and I'm not, look, no disrespect to uh to purdy uh but come on like you know you got a guy like like purdy coming in and people are going like is this guy like the next tom brady unsung hero that comes out of nowhere in the draft and he might be but i you know look there's something to be said about that roster and the way they run that team uh where they can make about almost anybody look pretty darn good um but you're right. I do think that uh, Garoppolo will be fine. Ultimately, um, I do worry because, boy, that Raiders team looked like a dumpster fire last year. So, um, D- David, how you feeling about uh, about male model Jimmy Garoppolo going to Las Vegas? I mean, I lived in the Raiders household my whole life. My dad, uncle are big Raider fans. So it's good for them. I, I like Jimmy G. I really feel like McDaniels was is reaching because he, you know, he he wants to recapture that New England thing right now. They just signed, you know, Jacoby Myers. He's familiar with him too. So sure. I just feel like it's a good fit for them. They still might draft a quarterback in the first round. Jimmy G's a winner. I mean, it's the Raiders, man. So yeah, yeah. Can't necessarily argue with that, David. Yeah, and there's and just to clear it up, they like out here on the West Coast, like that is what it is out here. It's Raiders, it's Cowboys. So it's like those Raider fans, like they're going crazy right now. They're 
I mean, shit, they they feel like they won a Super Bowl right now. They probably do <laughs> just by signing one guy. But that's how Raider fans roll, and it's just like they're. I, I mean, <laughs> I deal with them, but they're like the. I feel like their fan base is kind of like either win or lose is Raiders baby, and you know it's like you, you, it's like you got these Cowboys fans when they lose you can't find them. It's like Niner fans, but Raiders win, lose, or draw, they're gonna always support their team. Yeah. Are they better or worse than Packer fans, David? They're better than Packer fans. Yeah, that should just go without saying. Yeah. <laughs> the worst, like the worst out here is probably like those San Diego fans. And I'm going to still call them San Diego. I'm never going to call them LA. Like they're San Diego. They should have never moved here. The Raiders shouldn't should should have been a team to move to LA, not San yeah. Diego. <laughs> well, the next talker we've got is a household name. Uh, really kind of signaling probably, if not the end of a career, boy, we're, we're really starting to count our, uh, count our days, months, years here. Uh, big name, Ezekiel Elliott gets cut by the Cowboys. I have to admit, fellas, not super surprised with this, with this, uh, move. I certainly watched enough Cowboys games last year and thought to myself, this guy, you know, we talk about tread on the tire with these running backs. It, he, you know, he looked like he was riding on donuts last year. I mean, it was it was rough. I mean, he looked slow. He looked indecisive. Uh, he wasn't cutting like I'm used to. Like It's just everything. Everything looked like a running back that was at the tail end of his career. And, you know, in a lot of ways, you could love or hate Ezekiel Elliott. He was such a fun player to watch early in his career. It, it was kind of sad to see really this last year because uh, I like good football as much as anybody else. So hard to see a guy that was at the top of his craft look the way he did last year. So no big surprise here uh, seeing the move. But, um, you know, Peter, I'll throw it over to you. Actually, no, David, I'll throw it over to you first. Peter, you started last time. I mean, it's just, just the life of a running back. It happens. Once these running backs, you know, hit the television in their career, is they just – basically fall off a cliff and that's what happens. And it's like, I'm not going to say it's sad to say he has some great years. That's what, that's his yeah. running backs. He has some great years. He has some good runs. It just, they never won anything. It's Dallas, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they never won anything, but it's just the running backs. And, and he's kind of one of the reasons why this running back market is like, it's like what it is because he got paid some nice money and teams are not investing that anymore because look what Zeke is right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I will say, um, you know, it was super exciting to see him come into the league. I would regularly walk around my house and paint uh, a six-pack on my stomach just with crop tops. Uh, my <laughs> wife didn't like it. My wife thought it was not a good look for me. But, uh, Peter, how do you feel about Zeke getting cut? Well, I'm in the heart of a uh, Cowboys territory down here. So, you know, yeah. and boys, it's always about... Zeke, you know, he's my favorite chipmunk ever to play running back in the National Football League. You know, he's always eating that cereal. Maybe an Ewok if you want to I was going to say an Ewok, yeah. He looks just like a damn Ewok. He does. No no, no running back will ever get paid ever again thanks to Zeke Elliott. That was one of the worst (laughs) contracts ever given out in history. Um, I have, you know, some people have talked. I've seen some stuff on Zeke. He was full of shit. I'm going to Cabo to work out. No, he wasn't. He had that video on St. Patrick's Day, you know, getting a little feely. He, you know, he has, you know, a certain taste for a certain type of women. 
that he likes to go run around chasing at the bars all the time. So Zeke never took care of his body. He had the lowest yards per carry last year. He had to go. Dallas really did him dirty that his final play as a Cowboy is the one against Fort Frisco where he's the center and he gets oh. absolutely obliterated. Oh, they, they did that man wrong because that's his final play in a Cowboy uniform. I know the Cowboy fans are sick of him. They want him gone. They know he ain't it. And he's way too much of a cap hit. Yeah. So interesting time. You know, Dak might be next. That little Zeke-Dak combo was very short-lived. It could be. He could be the next on the chopping block for them. He's not going to sign for anywhere other than a league minimum. Nobody, everyone around the league sees he's got nothing left. He's going to be like Todd Gurley. Not quite as good and done by 27, 28 years old. Just totally washed. So he's got more money than he'll know what to do with. So I don't feel bad for him, but. It's good for the Cowboys really seem like they're actually making good moves. And it's kind of scary because maybe the Cowboys might win something and that would be awful. Yeah. We don't want that. I just don't want to hear about it is more. They're still talking about the (laughs) nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Half the fan base wasn't even alive and they're talking Uh, about the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, I can't get away from it. I got Michael Irvin talking in the courtroom. It is like the (laughs) nineties. Um, well, that's where you belong. You know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just keep away from the dust. Keep away from the dust. Uh, just kidding. Oh, man. Yeah. He didn't do anything. It doesn't look like, allegedly. I don't know what's going on. All right. Next one. Bears have uh, obviously been spending some money, uh, but in particular, spending up to get two new linebackers. Uh, we've got Edmonds and Edwards. I keep getting mixed up and turned around and sideways. One cost a little bit of money. One cost a lot of bit of money. Um, but they certainly seem like they are in a position or willing uh, to put themselves in a position to win. And they're putting their money where their where their mouth is. Um, you know, I think it's it's good for them. It's just I take the same standpoint every offseason, regardless of the team. And that is free agency is great, but you're always going to spend more than probably what the player's worth. Second of all, as we know, what really determines a season is how the team gels, the coaching, and then can you stay healthy or not? I've seen teams spend boatloads of money to get better roster wise. Then they get in the season and either team, the team doesn't gel or there's key injuries somewhere, which certainly you can't predict, but every team deals with. So there's no sure thing. But on paper, the Bears are certainly improving. So, uh, Peter, how do you feel about the signings of the linebackers? Um, do you fear the Bears? First of all, nobody fears the Bears, okay? They're the Bears. Even when the Bears are good, I don't fear the Bears, okay? It's Chicago. We're going to beat them in Minnesota. We're going to play them. On Monday night or in a primetime game in Chicago, and the sprinkler system will have broken and we'll lose. Okay. The field will be a swamp. That's how it goes with Chicago. So I never fear the Bears. Uh, you, you, it never works out buying six, seven guys in free agency to rebuild your roster. They have the money. I mean, this might be a spoiler. I know it's not a thing. They didn't just sign Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown's gone to Cincinnati. That was the guy they needed to sign. They needed to protect Justin Fields because they seem like they're all in on Justin Fields is our guy. You needed to buy some offensive linemen. And there were quite a few out there, some decent ones that you could have spent the money on. 
The defense I get was horrible, but you have a defensive head coach. That's the kind of guy I would trust him to draft defensive guys to fit in my scheme, develop those guys. Eberflus was fantastic in Indy with those guys that they drafted. So maybe go spend the money on proven assets that you don't necessarily are. It, it isn't your specialty. So spend the money on offensive linemen, some offensive weapons, talk to your coordinator, try and figure this out, help your young quarterback out. So I do like the Edmonds signing. I really wanted us to sign Edmonds. Obviously it's way out of our price range. I think he would have been a dynamic fit for us. But I just I think the Bears are kind of missing the mark. Everyone's freaking out about polls. What did he do in the draft last year? I heard almost nothing from any of their draft picks last year. You can only do so much. Once guys get paid, though, guys tend tend to change. You know, that production <laughs> does seem to go down a little bit, especially on the defensive side of the ball, wide receiver, running back, kind of the fancy positions. It goes down. Your offensive line and your quarterbacks tend to do a good job as your free agent pickups. Everybody else kind of seems to be comfy. It's hard to go hit other men for a living when you're making fat racks. You got to be a different kind of cat. And not everybody's like that. Yeah. So it's a big risk. Like Aaron Donald enjoys hurting people, I think. So you ain't worried yeah. about paying a guy like that. <laughs> other guys, maybe not so much. So I don't fear the Bears. Woo, the Bears are going to finish maybe third. Maybe second, maybe Minnesota's terrible next year. I don't think so. They're still third. Maybe they finish ahead of Green Bay. Congratulations. I still think this is a seven-win team at the absolute max. So, no, I don't feel the Bears. Yeah, they can't all be James Harrison's. I feel like yeah. he was another Psych- one. It would, not, it, it would not have mattered. You could have paid James Harrison a billion dollars a year, and he still would have wanted to go and break somebody's torso. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, love James Harrison. Shout out James Harrison. Um, D- David, how are you feeling about, you know, Chicago? Obviously, you know, they've signed these guys. Are you feeling pretty, still pretty comfortable as a Vikings fan or are, are you starting yeah. to feel them breathing, breathing down our neck a little bit? No, because this is a quarterback driven league and they didn't really make a lot of moves to help their quarterback. They think just because they traded for DJ Moore and they traded for um, Claypool that they're going to actually help out Justin Fields. No, he's constantly still running around the whole time because he doesn't have any protection. Like, protect your quarterback. And the last couple of weeks of the season, he barely played because he was hurt because he was running around. Like, you drafted a quarterback that high. You, you keep saying in the media that he's your guy. Well, I don't believe you because you spent a lot of money on linebackers. You shouldn't have spent it on an offensive line. You shouldn't have got a better tight end. You shouldn't have got a better running back for him so he can hand the ball off more and he can, and and not run the ball. I mean, DJ Moore is a he's a he's a nice receiver, but he's going to get the double teams because Claypool is not a good receiver. Like the guy <laughs> got run out of Pittsburgh. So, do you really think that that, that that duel of a receiving core is going to help out Justin Fields. It's not. The best thing to help out Justin Fields was an offensive line and a consistent running game. Spending all that money on two linebackers doesn't help him out. It doesn't. So yeah. if he's on his back this whole year, it's your fault. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's really just going to really, as you mentioned, it's going to depend on the maturation of Fields how that that offense is going to be able to uh, evolve and ultimately how Fields evolves as a passer, right? Um, we know his his ability as a as a runner 
I just juries out for me on if he can provide the level of consistency that warrants him to be a, you know, a, a premier, we'll say starting quarterback in this league. Um, but you know, you never know, right? We've seen crazier things happen. He could be amazing. He could be complete trash. Jury's out. We'll see what, uh, what 22 brings. All right. Next talker. Speaking of lions and bears, we've got the lion signing X bear, David Montgomery. Uh, David Montgomery goes over to the lions from Chicago um, again, I, you know, I, I wanted to bring it up because it is inner division. I don't have any strong opinions here. I think it's a good signing for, uh, for Detroit. Obviously Swift is a talent, but a talent that can't stay healthy. So they needed to bring a guy in that is going to be healthier more consistently, uh, than Deandre Swift. Montgomery, Montgomery still has had, a, you know, some chippy injuries here and there, but ultimately nothing like they've seen with Swift. Um, as a teaser, this might uh, make some changes or at least uh, usher in some changes with the Lions as well. But just talking about Montgomery to the Lions, um, David, any strong opinions on Montgomery signing over there? He's a, he's a cool little running back. I mean, it's to the Lions. <laughs> they don't get anything yeah. right. So Yeah. Yeah. This is not what about you, Peter? Game. I mean, the Lions have been getting stuff right, though. You know, yeah, they, they've been, they've been. This is this is a new regime in Detroit, and they are definitely trending in the right direction. He's 25 years old. He did get hurt last year, but he looked good coming back from the injury. You just never know with running backs. I'm sad because they let Jamal Williams go go to New Orleans instead. Jamal Williams kind of felt like the heart of that team. Just kind of a new cat. There you go. Transition right into it. Just kind of a. Just kind of a different cat. He's, you know, for all the anime nerds out there, he was that guy. So I think it's addition, you know, it's kind of a neutral, but I think they lose a little bit of that team spirit right there. Montgomery's a better running back, obviously. Swift cannot stay healthy. Um, so it's a decent signing, but I think you lose a bit, lose a little bit, losing Jamal Williams. But if Montgomery is like peak Montgomery, like he saw, I mean, that's kind of scary to deal with because he ran all over people with a bad offensive line in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, on both fronts, by the way, I think Montgomery has some talent there. Uh, and then to your second point and the natural segue uh, was, yeah, at the heels of, of uh, Detroit signing David Montgomery, they went ahead and uh, essentially, I don't want to say like didn't resign, but Jamal Williams made it really clear. And I get that things can change, but he made it pretty public that he wanted to come back to Detroit at the end of last season. So unless there was some breakdown, certainly that's very possible that happened behind the scenes. I think that Detroit was just ready to move in a different direction. And it surprises me because, as you mentioned, he was kind of the heart and soul of this young, scrappy Detroit Lions team. And uh, I just hope for Detroit's sake, this doesn't end up being, for all the Minnesota sports fans out there, you'll feel you'll feel this. You'll feel this in your gut. Uh, I hope this doesn't end up being, for the Lions, what the Pat Beverly trade ended up being for the Timberwolves, which is this guy that wasn't necessarily one of your superstars, but he was really the, as, as Peter mentioned, the heart and soul 
of the team. And when you saw that leave, yeah, you still had the superstars, but it was like a fancy car with a shit engine. Like that's what it really felt like. And uh, boy, you'd hate to see the Lions lose steam as a Vikings fan. Selfishly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I hope they win zero games, but at the same time as a, you know, as a football fan and as someone that can appreciate a franchise that has experienced a lot of heartbreak, you know, the Lions are a feel good story. So hopefully for their sake, they move on. And, and certainly for Williams, um, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm sure he got a decent payday. I can't remember the numbers. They didn't look bad, if I remember correctly. And he gets teamed up with Zarek Carr. So that's a thing. Um, but, uh, you know, good good for them. It'll just be interesting to see how it plays out as a, as a roster dynamic. Like, honestly, I'd root for the Lions. Like, if the Lions were in the Super Bowl, I would kind of, yeah. like, root for them. Because they're like, uh, it's, a, it's a pain. They felt the pain like we felt. Like, I don't have disdain for the Lions like I have for the Bears and the Packers. Like, I have disdain for those teams. The Lions are always kind of like, man, they're pretty pathetic. It would be nice if they could win. Now, I would get sick if they actually won the Super Bowl before us but yeah nobody will hates the, yeah nobody hates the lions let's be real here. if you yeah. hate the lions you got other problems in your life go check yourself out yeah you if you hate, hate the, the lions if you hate the lions you probably would beat up a homeless guy <laughs> chick puppies like come on man exactly exactly like, all right, second to last talker of the night, fellas. Before we get into this one, just want to remind everybody that's watching us on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe to the channel. It certainly does help out quite a bit. Don't forget to leave your comments below. We do love looking at the comments. And as I've mentioned before, if you give us a really good one or a great question, we might actually make a video about it. We've been known to do it in the past. So do appreciate all the support for those listening and listening on Apple and Spotify. It'd be fantastic if you gave us a download, a subscribe and leave us a rating uh, again, certainly helps the channel. Uh, so last talker of, or excuse me, second to last talker. We got two left uh, fellas. Second to last talker, Darius Slay. So Darius Slay, Sounds like he will be released by the Eagles. Obviously, big name now. Hitting not so fast. Market. Ooh, we got Cutting breaking Lee news. Corso. Not so fast. Darius Ooh. Slay, according to Adam Schefter, expected to stay in Philadelphia now. Just oh, ten minutes ago. Wow. Look at that. All right. Not <laughs> so fast. So Slay is not going anywhere. His wife tweeted out, "We here, baby," with a green heart and a bunch of eagle emojis. Looks okay. like he is staying put. It's a wild. Okay. Wild let me, news. Let me tell you something. I didn't want him anyway. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're just going to keep moving right along, baby. Um, we have the last talker. Last talker of the day, fellas. And it is a doozy. So Aaron Rodgers says he intends to continue to annoy everyone. Now, um, Aaron Rodgers says today on the Pat McAfee show that he intends in quotation marks to play uh, for the Jets next year. Certainly the saga has gone on for, it feels like an eternity. Um, there was a list that, you know, got leaked or came out about these, you know, this wish list that he had about uh, players that he wants. Basically what he said is, Hey, you know, in green Bay, they weren't giving me enough weapons to work with, and I hate it there. And then he <laughs> says, I'm going to go to the Jets. Could you get me all the weapons from Green Bay? Um, 
Sounds like Mercedes Lewis, uh, Alan Lazard, uh, and Randall Cobb may be Jets sooner than you know. It sounds like Lazard uh, has already been confirmed as signing. So uh, certainly we don't know what's going on. All indicators point to Rodgers going to the Jets. I'm just sick and tired of it, fellas. Can you just go to the damn Jets? That That's where I'm at. Uh, David, we'll, we'll start with you. How far off of the deep end are you? Are you just clinging by a thread listening to all this Aaron Rodgers stuff? I mean, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm so fatigued of the situation. It's like this guy just constantly held these two franchises hostage, you know, just for his amusement. And it's just like, come on, guy, like, just retire at this point because you don't want to pay, play football, football. You're just a diva. That's all you're doing. You're just like, who does that? Who goes to another team and say, I want the guys I used to play with to play with, play with me over there. Like who does that? Aaron Rodgers. And I used to think like Favre, you know, was terrible, but Rodgers is worse now. It's like every year it gets worse and it gets worse. And it's like, if you're the Jets, why would you even want that on your team? You have a you have a nice young core on your team. Why would you want to deal with Aaron Rodgers? He's only going to be there a year, and then he's going to go somewhere else. And then when he doesn't win, he's going to cry about it. So why even want that on your team? I just think the best bet for Rodgers to do, if you don't want to play football, just go ahead and retire and go live in a cave somewhere or whatever you want to do. But I'm just tired of him and him in the media so much, and it's just it's ridiculous at this point. Yeah, he's actually. Um... He he's gonna live in a cave and wear a loincloth made out of hemp. Um, <laughs> he probably would. P- he probably Peter, would. yeah, with oh yeah, the toads, baby. Toads. You, mean, you know what he, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna hook up with uh, Jake Plummer and start growing mushrooms. Yeah, he probably yeah, already had Jake. Jake the <laughs> Snake, man, he was a very underrated quarterback. But... He is, you know, that's what he does. He does now. He he nice. oh, he runs a mushroom farm. Yeah. Swear to God, and he's all like super, like he paints his toenails and and he's like a hippie now. Um, but I love him. I love Jake the Snake. There you go, uh, Peter. Speaking of psychedelics, how you how are you feeling about uh, Aaron Rodgers? All right, buckle up, boys. This is about to be a whole thing. Um, so I did I did a Rodgers video today on my own channel. So I I had to listen to him on McAfee. God, he is unbearable to listen to sometimes. <laughs> So he said he was 90% sure he was going to retire. Then the darkness spoke to him, and then he wanted to come out and play. Swear to God, this is what he said. Like, something changed after the darkness. Even though he didn't finish the darkness retreat, he left early. So maybe whatever that happened. Um, I know it was reported he has the list. I think it's stupid. Now, the list wasn't terrible. Alan Lazard is a very good fit for the Jets. I think he's a good number two or number three for the Jets. The whole MIM situation in New York is kind of weird. Now they got a new offensive coordinator. They have good young pieces. The Mercedes Lewis pick, don't hate it. He's a third tight end. Good locker room guy by all accounts. So that's a nothing burger. If he even wants to play, he could retire. And I don't think Aaron's going to cry. Randall Cobb, get his old bummy ass out of here. He's trash. (laughs) He's a thousand years old. Is he going to ask for Donald Driver next? Like, good God. Yes. I mean, holy hell, that was so ridiculous. Um, I mean, OBJ, yeah, everybody wants OBJ. Apparently, he crushed it as workout. Vikings yeah. could be interested also. I heard he was very good there, so it just all depends on the money. So, again, not the worst guy to list, but you got Garrett Wilson, who's one of the best young receivers in the league. 
They have your boy, Nathaniel Hackett, as the offensive coordinator. Aaron, I really didn't like. He kind of spun this on the Packers like this is all the Packers' fault. Now, this movement is not this move is not going anywhere fast. They can keep Rodgers till September 1st. That's when they have to pay him his $58 million. So they could drag this thing out. The word is they're going to drag this out till after the draft because they don't want pick in, picks in this year's draft. They want picks in next year's draft because yeah. that might be the move to go get one of those quarterbacks because I don't think they fully believe in Jordan Love. And if they're bad next year, they finish them fourth in the division. You got extra capital to go get one of those top two quarterbacks. Everybody is drooling over those two guys. Like, that's the word. Nobody wants any picks this year. Everybody wants picks next year for those two quarterbacks. So that could be the thing. But, I mean, he's California cool. He wants to be in the spotlight. Just don't lie about it, man. Like, okay, you want to be talked about. You don't feel loved in Green Bay. And I don't blame you. Green Bay is kind of like a crappy city. They shouldn't have a pro sports team. It's just this quirky little thing the NFL has. So they love you. They really did you dirty when you were in your prime. You didn't go back to any Super Bowls. They blew that game against Seattle in the NFC Championship game. There's no reason they shouldn't have been to that Super Bowl. Another, like, They really did him dirty when he absolutely was at the peak of this league. And then when they draft his bat, you know, his replacement, he's crying about. He wins the MVP. But, man, you were bad in both those playoff games. That's not on the rest of the team. Um, it's getting kind of scary also how it is really setting up like Brett Favre. Jets go nine wins, miss the playoffs. And guess who doesn't have a quarterback on the roster for next year? That would be your Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> so, goddamn, yeah. I could see that in a heartbeat. We make the playoffs again. Kirk's gone. We get bounced in the divisional round. Rodgers be like, man, I want to go to Minnesota. I want to play with an actual wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. So I'm ready for it. I'm mentally prepared for it. My body is ready. Um, he's just so much, but we're nowhere near the end of this. Green Bay is not going to let him go until probably after the draft. I don't think they're going to get a first-round pick for him. Probably two twos and a three, I'm thinking. Maybe a conditional pick, like a fourth or a third, depending on how long he plays. I like this move for the Jets. They've had one 4,000-yard passer in the entire franchise's history. That was Joe Namath in, like, 1967. <laughs> So Aaron Rodgers has had 10 seasons over 4,000 yards. You need a quarterback. Uh, Salah knows he is going to get fired if they miss the playoffs this year. He's been there three seasons now. They got a great young team. You got to cash in now. And they got the quarterback. Like, they got Zach Wilson wrong. And that's a really bad – that's a bugaboo right there. That's really bad that you missed on that pick with Zach Wilson. So you have to make up for that. I'm go all in. You're a dog shit franchise, and the Jets are my AFC team. They are my favorite AFC team, unfortunately. I know a lot of pain <laughs> for that. So go all in. Go get Rodgers. And I think they're a Super Bowl contender, honestly, with the team they have because that defense has shut down those top offenses of the AFC. And if Rodgers can score some points with a good offensive core, you know, great run. Brees Hall is going to be back. Nobody talking yeah. about him. He was elite before he went down. You know, Garrett Wilson, obviously, and the other weapons. This could be a instantly a team that is in the AFC Championship game competing for a Super Bowl. And that would be kind of fun to see, honestly, the Jets in the Super Bowl with Rodgers at quarterbacks. It would make the Packers fans miserable, and I would absolutely <laughs> love that. Well, Peter, I would hedge to say that uh, the female demographic of 40-plus in the greater New York, New Jersey area says that uh, – the Jets got the Zach Wilson pick right. 
So <laughs> um, maybe he should have been reading his playbook and not some, uh, you know. Other yeah, stuff. he shouldn't have believed them when they said they had attractive cougars in his area that wanted to talk to him. Um. Anyway, you know, it, yeah, I agree. I, it's a good move for the Jets. Rogers' talent is undeniable, and even at the stage that he is in his career now. He is very talented. You know, he's a top whatever. I don't even want to say it because then I'm going to get into the numbers, but he's up there, right? Um, it's a good move for the Jets. Obviously, he's really put the Packers in a position where they hold all the leverage, as you mentioned, Peter, uh, and they're going to rake them over the coals as much as they can. And you know what? They can. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's a business. So whatever. I just don't want to hear about it anymore. So I would appreciate if they would just move it along, uh, as I'm sure we all, we all would. Um, also, David, the voice that Rogers heard in the darkness was actually Brett Favre in the corner. He just couldn't see him. Uh, <laughs> I bet it was. Favre <laughs> was hiding from the law. He was hiding out in the cage. Dude, yeah, yeah. yeah. Prosecution. How'd you know I was in here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Retire and do Wrangler jeans commercials. Um, <laughs> anyway. All right, fellas. Well, it has been another fantastic show. A pleasure and a privilege talking to both of you yet again. I'm excited for another week of off-season moves. I'm sure there will be more moves to come with the team, with the teams around the league, as well as March Madness, which really kicked off last night, tonight, and as we head in towards the weekend. So for all of you out there that are college basketball fans, I know we don't talk college basketball on here, but have fun. March Madness is always a fun time of year, so enjoy your weekends. Um, as always, I always like to tell everybody, again, like and subscribe to the channel. It definitely helps. But again, we will see everybody on the next one. And as we always say on the show, skull, baby. Skull.